I got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars. Hi, welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. Here, I'm Kevin Hill, here with Rishi Daigle, and we're going to talk about the most dangerous phrases in sales and in business in general, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah, things that you should uh, think twice about. Uh, things you should think twice about before you say. Last week, we were talking about words and what words not to use. There were more of descriptors and, and minor words, but these are phrases and concepts that probably should be avoided or you should really think about before you start using. Yeah, you want to definitely want to have some sort of filtration device built into your mind before, uh, you know, when these things start bubbling up, the last thing you want to do is let them actually come out. Yeah, I, I, I know, right? So, so we have some sales terms, we have some business terms, you know. So some businesses whose philosophies you should think twice about, whether they're a prospect or you work in them, that uh, they are stumbling blocks to, to progress sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I think there are opportunities. When you do feel these things bubbling up, if you pay attention to where that's coming from and you start digging into why, why am I feeling inclined to say this or, or utter this statement that I know I don't really need to say, then you might uncover more about what's going on in that situation. You might be able to learn from it and uh, save something a bit more meaningful. Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to start off with one here in a second that there might be some controversy. It's a, it's a phrase that people like. I just jotted it down right before we went on air. Uh, but first, let's talk about Surge Transportation, our sponsor here at Put That Coffee Down. Surge Transportation is the fastest growing 3PL in the logistics space today, based in Chicago and Jacksonville. They offer unrestricted access to almost all accounts, limitless territory, and a chance to be a key player in a growing company. To find out more, email jobs at surgetransportation.com. And that first term in sales that's it's kind of dangerous and I, I Sometimes I, I use it sometimes. I'm sure you use it. I'm sure everybody out there I uses it, but it can be a little bit dangerous. I just jotted it down. Does that fit within your budget? And the term, I, once again, I rushed through that a little bit. Does that fit within your budget? Is that a good question or not? I, I think I you really need to, I think that you should be really careful with that, right? Because you if you, if, like we talked about last week with consultative versus transactional sales. Mm -hmm. If you're going through the consultative process, you should have an idea of budget already. And part of providing value or identifying value and defining value, a key part of that value equation is budget. And you're needing to make sure that your value that you're providing is over budget. The only way you're going to know that is if you have an idea of where budget is at. And so if you've not identified that and now you're at the end of the sales process and you're having to bring this up, mm -hmm. it's a bit awkward because that's, that's part of your qualifying process. It is. It's part of your qualifying process. I will say, and I'm glad you brought up last week's episode when we talked about contractual versus uh, transactional. Mm -hmm. And transactional, I think you're talking about budget more than contractual or long-term or building value. I... So, so you should know what, what a company's budget is, but, but you should be prepared to, to overblow it. You know, does anyone really have a budget? I mean, they say they have a budget. I, most households say, oh, we live within our budget. Well, do you really? If you see something you really need, do you blow your budget to, to buy it? Uh, because it's going to bring you more value than going over budget. Well, you know, 
there's going to be a budget, right? Companies only have so much money. <laughs> you know, but is that true? And, and can you sell? I mean, th- there is a ceiling. There has to be a ceiling, right? Is but that really true? I think there is. I just think that where we operate is often well south of that. And I, and I think that that's uh, you know, what we define as a budget and what goes into how the company is defining mm-hmm. a budget. There may be a gap there. And I think it's really important to remove that assumption or remove any kind of difference in how you're defining the term. I, you know, and, and that conversation is much different than does this fit within your budget? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, for some reason, I don't like that term. Does this fit within your budget? Because Richie, if I said, if you give me $10,000 today, in a year from now, I'm going to give you 100000 Now, I'd have to present my case and influence you and persuade you that, yeah, you know what? I think I really could. Would you say, well, it's not really in my budget? Well, if I don't have... It's 10, not really about your budget, though, at that point, right? I may not have $10,000 or the credit to go and actually get $10,000. Well, so I may be upset and just being like, I'd love to do that, but I physically can't. And then you would say, it's not within your budget because it's not... Or maybe a better way of saying it. it. It's not, it's not within my means. Not within your means, right? right? So, yeah, I think that maybe that's a different or more descriptive term there. But, yeah. Yeah. but, but you know, if I say, give me 10000 I'll turn it into 100000 and you say it's not within my budget, what you're really saying is... I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe... Because anyone, anyone, if they have 10000 to spend and they really believe that it's going to return 10 times, and a lot of products out there really will return 10 times their... They're their ROI, right? Their their investment, especially in the tech space, that they really will. You can, you know, I bought um, when I started my my business, I I barely had the money to, to purchase this uh, email tool, right? And it probably wasn't I it wasn't within my budget. It was barely within my means. But you know what? It returned 10, 20, 30 times what I paid for it. And it's 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 one of those things. If you can make money off something, it's always going to be in your budget. Yeah. And so, I, so you should present it to where this is going to make you so much, but budget doesn't even matter. Because now you're defining value, right? And mm-hmm. so like when, if you are convinced on what the end result or what the, the financial implications are for what that product is going to provide, then as long as you're selling at a, at a comfortable margin below that, mm-hmm. then you, you've, that is your value equation, right? There, there is your value that's built in. You that should be defined. You shouldn't have to ask that question. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it costs, right? Yeah. And at, you, at that point, if you build it in well enough, it doesn't matter what, what the cost is, as long as you're going to make more and multiples more to, to justify it. And that's where you should really be leading and really be focusing your attention on and not so much, uh, do you have the money to spend on this? I think a better question that could replace this one is, mm-hmm. does this fit your needs? Yeah, Exactly. Does this fit? Do you see how you can use it, or you know, whatever it may be? And freight is a little bit different, but how can you use it? Do you see how exactly you can use it to to three x, four x, five x, ten x your investment? Do you see all these uses, and, and not just the the numbers, right? Not just the what's what you can put it in a spreadsheet, not the direct benefits, right? Mm-hmm. But the indirect benefits and attach values to that. Budget doesn't matter. And that's, that's what you need to do in sales is make budget a non-issue. Yeah, if value is clear, then budget's just a component of that equation. And the, the end result of value is what's really going to drive 
right? Drive the sale and bring yeah. it to a close. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's not a great question. There may be some instances where it's necessary, but think really carefully. Like, and I think everyone uses it. Every, yeah, every, yeah. I, I've used it in the past. I still use it sometimes. Oh. And, and I, I catch myself whenever I do. And I'm like, I'm in the wrong mind frame. I think I'm guilty of all of these that we're going to discuss oh, we today. All <laughs> oh, we, we all are. So, so let's get into the in, into those phrases in sales, and then we'll switch over yep. in a few phrases in, in management and strategy that uh, are sometimes overused. But sometimes they're, they're just kind of faulty. You should be looking at the, the issues in a different light. And I'll let you lead us off, Richie, with the first one. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Do me a favor and what? That's the thing. Uh, that's that's what we have down here. That phrase, do me a favor. The problem with that, the, the, the nails on the chalkboard it issue is. for this uh, phrase for me personally is, who's the hero of this story? Who is the, the, the sale is supposed to be a favor for the one who's purchasing it. They should be the benefactor. The overt, like the ROI thing has them there, what the value that they're getting, the benefits that they're receiving are greater than what they're paying. So they are the winning party here. They're the one that's getting the favor. Like when you say, do me a favor, I'm asking you to, to, to treat me as the hero of this sales mm -hmm. story. And that's, that's problematic. I don't want to buy just for your benefit. I want to buy for my benefit. <laughs> yeah, do me a favor and, and try this. Do me a favor and sit down for 30 minutes and let me explain this. This, this it's all about you at that time. Yep. You know, uh, you should say, do, do yourself a favor and look at this. Do yourself a favor and uh, evaluate this. But, but do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Those are, are both kind of red flag terms where your prospect, I mean, it, just, it just levels up the resistance. I think some of the best advice that I received uh, in regards to emails, it kind of goes right along with this, is when you're proofreading your email, go back through and count the number of times the words mm -hmm. I and me are in your email versus the number of times you and your are in the email. And the you and yours should outweigh the eyes and me's heavily. And if they don't, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I, I go back and it's hard to take out every I and me, mm -hmm. but I will go back on, on, especially on cold emails and take out as many I's and we's and re, re, rephrase it any way I can to get rid of that and make it all about you. Yep. You, your company, your benefits, uh, I reach out and, and book speakers all the time for our virtual conferences, for TV shows, and, and that's part of it. These are the benefits that, that you're going to get by appearing on, on FreightWaves TV at a virtual conference. It's not about us. It's about you. It's about Correct. how you can drive value uh, into what you're doing with this key piece of assets. Yep. 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 Always keep in mind who the hero of the story is in, in the yep. sales process. So, Richie. Let me be honest with you. Were you not previously? Well, now, You've been lying no, to me I'm this just whole time? I, 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 I have been. I'm just going to be honest now. What? And when I finish the sentence, I'm back to my old, my, my old ways. So I just don't trust you at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I get out of that. <laughs> I, I know, right? I, I think it goes back to, to last week where we were talking about words. Uh, very, is a very, very is a very lazy word. Yep. I'm being lazy by saying it's a very lazy word. Very is a lazy word. I think, let me be honest, um, is a, a lazy phrase. Let me be honest. It's a transition. You're transitioning. You're trying to set something up. And 
by now everybody knows that's a transition and they're being set up when you say, let me be honest. And you yeah. lean in close. Let me be honest with you. Yeah. I just let me I want to run away. It's like a red flag. If yeah. I'm if someone's selling to me that way and, and they say, Let me be honest with you, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Thanks for that information I didn't have previously. <laughs> um, yeah, it's think about it. I mean, don't say that you're going to be honest. Be honest. <laughs> Just be honest. And if you feel like you're not being perceived as being honest, Think about why that's the case and what you can do to show honesty instead of just talk about it. And it goes right back to what you're saying about the I's and me's and the you's and yours, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, with that, if you're talking about your client, your prospect, you're going to be trusted a heck of a lot more than if you're talking about me and what we need and what our company needs. And this is, you know, that it's not very trustworthy in the eyes of people that you're talking about. But if you're talking about them, you are just going to be naturally perceived to be honest at that point. Yep, 100%. And if you're not honest and you're talking about somebody on the other side, your prospect or customer, they're going to immediately recognize, well, that's not true. And, like, okay, that's, and, that's fine. And, you know, here the thing is, is honesty should be a value. And the, the thing I'll say about that is values, and I heard this, I think this came from the, the Canlis brothers who, run a great restaurant up in the Seattle area. But values are only values if they cost you something. And if honesty is one of your values, it will cost you something from time to time. You'll have to be mm -hmm. honest about a situation that puts you in a bad light or costs you money, but that is showing that honesty is an actual value. And you know, I think that's something to, you know, when you talk about showing value, is holding to that, saying I'm gonna be straightforward and, and honest with you, even when it's uncomfortable for me. And that, uh, that is way more impactful than, let me be honest. And, and, and it, it is. And the one part in freight brokers, especially, is a lot of customers focus in on rates. And rates become that, that most important thing. It's hard to get away from that, especially when you're in transactional in the spot market, because it is about rates. So there's uh, several freight brokers bidding on each and every load. And the lowest price seems to win, or you have that perception of it. Uh, but being able to be honest and, and telling your customers this is the reason why you can't. And the fact is, if you move a lot of freight at this price, these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. And turning down that business and waiting for for it to come to you, because in a couple of weeks, oftentimes those those low low price loads uh, they don't go very well um, because you're underpaying the carrier. You're, you're getting no value for it. Uh, the, the carrier is getting no value for it. And it becomes very transactional and very one-sided and runs into uh, a lot of different errors. You know, mm -hmm. you have bad equipment. You have bad, uh, bad drivers, you know, to tell you the truth. And you, are, you get what you pay for at the end of the day. Yep. And that leads us straight into the next one, which is uh, trust me. Yes. Right? So trust, trust me. me. Trust me. Trust me. Why? Like, yeah, no. again, that's the subjective thing. Don't, don't talk about trust. Show something that's trustworthy. Show your trustworthiness. Prove out your trust. You know, demonstrate why you should be trusted. Don't just ask for trust. You know, that's, I think that's a, a kind of a reoccurring theme here. But those are my thoughts. What do you think? It is, you know, a lot of the abstract terms, whenever you start using terms and maybe overuse them, sit down, look at it, say, are these abstract? Because abstract terms, like trust me, what does that really mean? 
right? It's like like synergies. You hear that in business, you know. There's a lot of synergies built into this, especially with shareholder value. What does that mean? It means nothing. I mean, that's that's way CEOs are are often coached to talk is like, I'm going to sit here for five minutes and tell you absolutely nothing. With a bunch of fancy words. Oh, with a bunch of fancy words, right? <laughs> so, so trust me is is one of those uh, quality. We were talking about this last week too. Quality, value. Uh, just saying those words mean nothing. They they really do. They have no power, no impact. Show or sell, don't tell. Show, don't tell. Really concrete examples of why you should trust. You know why this is quality. Why this is value those concrete terms that that make up why it is is much more important than the platitudes that we all you know, kind of dive into because it's it's us being lazy it's us not diving down getting to the root of what works and we go on autopilot and it becomes very mediocre at that point yeah i think that is incredibly important to speak in definitions and not terms yes Right. Instead of walking into a conversation and wanting to show off your vocabulary, the way that the other party is going to be interpreting those things may not be in line with your definitions and how you're interpreting them at all. And so just cut to the chase and get rid of all these bogus terms to begin with and start communicating with the definitions that you're really wanting to drive home. You remove confusion. You can get people on the same page, clear, <clears throat> you know, much more clear and better uh, communication that way. Yes. And here's the, the, the worst of the worst, I think. I, I think it really is. It's the end of the month, so I can be flexible. Oh, why, uh, Richie, tell me, why does it matter if it's the, the first of the month, the end of the month, the middle of the month, that the product is the product, the service is the service, why should it matter? It's going right back to the first one, which is do me a favor. It's do me a favor in different words. The mm-hmm. definition's the same, whereas... Now I am the hero of the story. I need you to do this for me. It's my quota that's important. It's my sales numbers that are important. And I'm putting more of a a priority on those things than you and your business and the benefits you receive. That's the underlying message there. And I think that's why a lot of big companies, a lot of people in general just say, I don't care. Like, oh, does it get me the product for less money? Like, that might be cool. Like, but you're devaluing the product. That's the only thing they care about yeah. is like, oh, I can get a, a meaningless, you know, an insecurity bon- uh, discount. That's a great term, an insecurity bonus. Or, I'm sorry, insecurity discount. Yeah. That, that's all it is. I mean, there's, there's, there's no difference in the product at the 1st, the 15th, the 31st of the month. And what, what you're really doing is devaluing the product. And as a buyer, why should I buy it except for the 30th or 31st of, of, of every month. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, what, what, you know? and then I'm going to start questioning everything that's happened in the sales process too. Because mm-hmm. if I start thinking that you're selling for your benefit versus my benefit, that's not a fun conversation to have in your head mm-hmm. if you're in the process of, of purchasing something. And that goes back to, and I think that it always goes back to your pipeline and having a full pipeline prospecting, prospecting, prospecting. It, it really is the greatest equalizer in sales you could ever dream of. If you have the prospects coming in, whether they're inbound or outbound leads, it doesn't really matter. But if you, if you need a deal by the end of the month and you have 10 options, 
you're going to get one at full price probably, or as full price as you're, you're going to do. If you have one, you're going to discount as much as it takes so you can hit an arbitrary number that's a quota. And I understand the, the month end, quarter end, annual means a lot mm-hmm. uh, for, for the business, but that they still are arbitrary deadlines. Yeah. Momentum is more important than timing. You know, and having good deal momentum and providing value and moving things along the right track, you might get the timing wrong, right? You're you're putting things in your pipeline and you're putting dates on them <clears throat> to the best of your ability to figure that timing out through your qualification process mm-hmm. and asking good questions and so forth. But you're going to be wrong sometimes. That's just how things work. It's human nature. So, but the momentum of the deal should not be sacrificed to try to cram it into your timing. Yes. So we have one final one here. I don't even want to talk about it. I want to get on because we're running short on time. Just checking in. Just don't use it. Yeah. Have a purpose for your email. Just don't do it. Yeah. Even, even if it's just to verify. Like I, I wrote an email this morning and uh, it was hard not to type that because I was literally wanting to, to make sure that a document went through because uh-huh. sometimes attachments get flagged and so forth. And it was really important. And so I sent an email. I want to make sure that this that you receive this email I sent yesterday. That's it. I'm checking to be sure it was received. But even then, it's hard to not use just checking in to make sure that you received it. You know, like I'm guilty of this, but you got to have a point to your emails. You, nobody wants to read an email that says, hi. Basically, that's what it is. <laughs> it, it, it's like annoying. That's it, all it is. It's annoying. Just don't do it. Uh, that is all I got to say about it. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that one. Uh, let's go into to, to company messages and, and phrases and, and things that your prospect might say to you, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about the salespeople. What the salespeople or the prospect might say to you, and these should be red flags for you. Um, and, and that is, this is the way we've always done. Yeah, that's the big one here. Uh, I think that's maybe the most dangerous phrase in business. Because what it assumes, that phrase, this is the way we've always done it, is that the world is going to always be the way that it was. And if we've learned anything from a pandemic, it's that the world can change a lot really fast. Really fast. And, and, and when you, you say this is the way we've always done it, all the variables that went into previous success are constantly changing and, and, and moving. And you have to have that awareness. You have to know what is static and staying relatively the same and what is changing and how to adapt and move forward and be forward thinking and be on the front of trends instead of just trying to get defensive and build your fort around what worked once upon a time. So, and you're exactly right about it. You're exactly, it's one of my favorite phrases to hear, actually, because crisis equals opportunity, the old Chinese proverb. And when people say you know, this is the way we've always done it, or, you know, this, this works well for us. What we're doing right now works well for us. It's another way to say that too, right? Okay, that's great. Why are you talking to me? You know, if everything's working fine, why are you even, why, why did you take this meeting? Are you confident it's always going to work well? You know? What are you doing to change? If well, the world's changing around you, how are you going to adapt? Yeah, and, but, but you must be thinking about changing. It must not be working perfectly well for you because you're going to give me 30 minutes or an hour of your time why why are we even here? Yeah. Why, do you, why do you even accept this meeting? And I think that it, a lot of it comes down to like a mindset. You know, and Simon Sinek talks about an infinite mm-hmm. mindset. 
And it's the difference between I want to finish one activity like a, an Ironman versus I want to be healthy. Well, there is no end to being healthy. You don't wake up one day mm -hmm. and just say, yep, I've checked the healthy box. I no longer have to do those things again. It's a constant, ever-changing journey that doesn't end. It's an infinite thing. It, it is. And that's the mindset that you, A, that you want to have in business. Like, it's key. It's huge. But then also, you want to try to impart that to some extent to your prospects. And if you feel them having that finite, closed-minded, defensive uh, you know, mindset, why? Is it, is it something that you said that's causing that reaction? Or is it where they are? And, and how can you start to unpack that a little bit? Exactly. I mean, it really is. But, but whenever someone says, this is how we've always done it, or this, this is working well for us, and that they've accepted a meeting, if you ask them, then why are you talking to me? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of all this? It really gets them to thinking. And that's, you do uncover what's, what's the issue, right? Because exactly. that's a little bit of bravado, a little bit of, you know, whenever you walk into a retail outlet and, and the salesperson walks up and says, may I help you? Instinctively, you say, no, I'm just looking around. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what that phrase is. Yep. You know, it's a, and if you ask them, why are you even talking to me? It catches them off guard a little bit and they'll, they'll be much more honest with you uh, because that's really an honest statement uh, coming back. Um, let's, uh, for freight brokers, I love this one. Uh, this is something management might say. Someone is handling their business, right? And my response was always, someone might be handling their freight, but that doesn't mean they're making any money doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. bad customer is a bad customer. Cheap freight is cheap freight. Agreed. So that's kind of that. Uh, before we leave, let's, uh, let's flip over to the sonar chart and into our sonar chart of the week and see what's working uh, or what's happening in, in the freight world, guys. Yeah, this is one that we've looked at numerous times before, and I have to bring it back up. And, you know, what you're seeing is import shipments into the U.S. in blue and the, the volumes of TEUs that are being booked electronically the moment they're booked in orange. And the thing that I want to call out here is we're starting to see big volatile swings in these TEU booking volumes. You see there's a big spike uh, right there in early September a big fall off, and now we're seeing another big spike. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of disrupting events that are happening out there. You have the typhoons, you have COVID uh, breakouts that mm -hmm. are shutting down factories, all types of things that are causing a lot of imports to come over in big surges. You know, it's almost like high tide, low tide. And, it, and it's almost getting to the point of like drought or flood in terms of uh, the, these imports. And that's going to cause a lot of downstream effects, I think, uh, as freight comes over, especially before the holidays, and these great big, you know, surges and then stop and then surge again and so forth. Yeah, um, and I, I think that one of the, the surges right now is that everything's on the ocean for, for the holidays. is finally getting here, albeit stuck in a lot of different ports or trying to find a port <laughs> yeah. of birth that, that works for for them, so it's, it's but, but yeah, it's, you, you're seeing these bursts of just like let's get everything out, and then let's get everything out, and you see it on the the, the chart that was just up uh, with that. So it is it's an amazing freight market, it really is. And communication's key right now, right? As mm -hmm. as these things are happening, communication between carriers, between shippers and brokerages, 
And what we're talking about, trust and honesty and being able to have those clear channels is paramount going forward through the next few months to make sure that everything can operate as it's it supposed is. to. And we'll be talking about that October 6th at our virtual conference, Ocean Waves, Trouble on the High Seas, talking about all the confusion. Uh, but you can reach out and contact me or Rishi at any time on LinkedIn, Kevin Hill and Rishi Daigle. Uh, please do that. Uh, reach out to us and you can catch us, uh, our podcast on Freight Cats or at Put That Copy Down. And you can catch us here on tv.freightwaves.com and 12 p.m. Eastern Time every single Tuesday. Go out and make some margin today, guys. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses because when is expensive. I got expenses because when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting out of stars.